hundred percent of us listening to this show now is just like your home, your car, your boat, your RV, Wendy, um, your retirement portfolio, or even your any real estate investments you have. Those are all considered capital assets, and most people don't realize that your life insurance policy is also considered a capital asset. And it's an asset that potentially could have significant value. Hey, midlifers, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostest. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Welcome back to the show, everyone. It's Monday, July 3rd, which means that if you are in the United States, we have a holiday tomorrow. Woohoo! Tomorrow is July 4th, Independence Day. Yay! I hope you guys have a great holiday tomorrow. Since I have been cruising the United States in my RV over the last few weeks and seeing our national parks, state parks, monuments, and breathtaking landscapes, I am reminded of the beauty of our country. It's quite amazing. If you ever have the opportunity to take a road trip across the United States, whether it's in an RV, a car, on a Harley, or even in a station wagon like they did in the National Lampoon's Vacation movie, I highly recommend it. There's something different about seeing the country from the road. It's a completely different experience than flying on a plane and staying in a hotel. You get to travel slower, be closer to the land, and enjoy the journey. And hey, maybe I'll see you out there on the road someday. Wouldn't that be cool? We can hang up by my campfire and make some s'mores. (laughs) Yummy! A little update on my RV journey. Today I am leaving Yellowstone and headed to Glacier National Park. I posted a video on my Instagram of a few highlights of my time here in Yellowstone. All in all, it's been incredible. I got to see Old Faithful erupt into the sky. That was really cool. I hiked about 10 miles and saw the Grand Prismatic, which is the largest hot spring in the United States and the third largest in the world. So fascinating. And guess what else I saw? Buffalo! Ah! And they were only a few yards away from me. Gasp! They were so cool, though. Thankfully, I haven't seen any bears. I've been prepared with my bear spray, though. Unfortunately, 
bear spray doesn't work like bug spray <laughs> where you spray it on yourself and it protects you from the bears. Oh, no. Bear spray is meant to be sprayed in the bear's eyes when they get close to you. Good golly, I hope I don't get that close to a bear that I need to use my spray. So I hope I return from this trip with a full canister. When I talk to you guys on Thursday, I'll be able to give you an update of my time in Glacier, Montana. For now, we are going to talk about making you some money, honey. That's right. Or maybe even helping your parents make some money, honey. Today, we are talking about turning your unneeded life insurance policy into serious cash. This is cash that could pay off debt, use towards your retirement, take a family vacation, or whatever your heart desires. Our expert on the show today is David Roselle, founder and president of Roselle Wealth Management, an entrepreneurial firm in Bend, Oregon. For over 20 years, he has specialized in working with affluent individuals and families who are at or near retirement. His goal is to help people live the life they have always imagined during these years. David is the author of three entertaining books that meld his passions of adventure and finance. On today's episode, David and I discuss his new book, In the Know turning your unneeded life insurance policy into serious cash. You will learn reasons as to why you would no longer want or need your life insurance policy, the options you have when deciding what to do with your life insurance policy, and how to go about selling your life insurance policy. Plus, you'll get to hear some actual case studies of successful life settlements. This topic of selling your life insurance policy may or may not apply to you right now in your life, but it could apply to your parents. Many of you could be responsible for taking care of your parents' estates, so you may want to consider the life insurance settlement as an option for them. Just something to think about as you listen to the show today. This is David's second time back to the show, and he is such an awesome guest. Make sure you listen to the very end because David is oh so kindly giving away free copies of his new book to all my listeners. Is that nice or what? Without further ado, please welcome David to the show. Enjoy. David Roselle, welcome back. Wendy. Yeah. Great to be back. Thank you. Welcome back to the Midlife Makeover Show. It's been a minute. Well, actually, it's been a year, I think. Uh, and you've been busy because I I know most people are listening to the show. Some might be watching on YouTube, but um, I'm holding in my hand your third book in the know, turning your unneeded life insurance policy into serious cash. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it because most of my audience is either preparing for retirement or maybe has already retired. Yay for you. Um, and this is really important. And you know what? Every time when I, I prepare for an interview, you know, some of the things I already know about, like certain topics, menopause. <laughs> I don't know, I know how much... How much of a benefit to your listening audience I'll be on that topic? I know exactly, <laughs> but I know menopause, right? 
Um, but I do not know about life insurance policies. And so it'll be easy for me to ask questions because I know nothing about it. But before we dive into all that fun stuff, a little bit more, go ahead and tell a little bit more about David Roselle and all the, all, all the amazing things you do. Uh, I'm here at Grand Teton at what, 9,000 uh, feet up in the air or something like that. I can't seem to think today because of the altitude, but <laughs> I'll let you do the thinking and the talking. <laughs> all right, go, your turn. Oh, well, coincidentally, we were just sharing in the pre-show that uh, just about four days ago, I was in uh, Teton National Park and visiting Jackson, Wyoming, and out there hiking and mountain biking in uh, such a beautiful part of the world in the Snake River. And you and I share a uh, adventurous spirit and world travel and so on. Um, but I, uh, I am uh, from Bend, Oregon, beautiful Bend. I'm looking outside and still see lots of snow on Mount Bachelor and the sisters. And uh, I have a financial planning firm called Roselle Wealth Management. And we work with people who are in the second half of their finan financial journey, uh, people about to enter retirement are already there. And they're people that know how much money they have, but they really don't have a clear idea of what their money can and can't do for them. You alluded to uh, a number of books that I've written. And so my goal is to always uh, take a topic like financial planning or today life insurance and add some levity to it. Make this yeah. stuff fun. Yep. And you know, too, I talk a lot about on the show of you know, stopping and asking questions about things, uh, anything in life, like, wait, is this what I really believe? Is this what I really think? Do I know all that I need to know about, you know, whatever topic it is? And yeah, in the know, um, in regards to life insurance policies, again, like, I don't know anything about that. I think we all like we buy one and we just have it and we hang on to it. And you just think like, okay, it's going to take care of itself when I die. But why not use that life insurance policy to have more life, add more life to your life, if you will. And I want to uh, read this on the very top of your nice little bookmark. About 90% of life insurance policies never pay a death benefit. Instead, they expire, lapse, or are surrendered. Of those who lapsed or surrendered their policies, nearly 90% would have considered selling the policy had they known it was possible. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Well, you interesting. Know, yeah. First of all, I want to share with uh, with you, Wendy, and the audience is that I'm a firm believer in life insurance. Uh, yep. I own it on myself. My business partner and I own it on each other. Um, I We could spend the entire episode talking about the merits of life insurance when it's used appropriately. But there are a number of scenarios where people's policies that once had a time in place may no longer be wanted or needed. You know, quickly share with you some examples. Um, sometimes you're in retirement and as we get older, uh, the insurance companies have been increasing the premium significantly and they just no longer become affordable. Right. Um, in my case, um, my children, my daughter just graduated from university down in New Zealand. Yes, she takes after her dad. travel. Oh. Yeah. And uh, eventually, when my son graduates from the University of Montana, um, I will no longer have a need to replace my income to protect them. So that mm -hmm. policy may no longer be needed. Mm -hmm. um, another example would be, as I mentioned, my business partner and I have life insurance on each other. 
uh, in case something happened to one of us, the life insurance would pay the company so that that partner could pay the deceased family for that portion of the business. But what mm -hmm. happens if we sell the company? That right. policy may no longer be needed. And one other one, Wendy, that really comes to mind is with estate tax. Uh, years ago, there were so many people that when the second spouse died, mm -hmm. um, they would add up the size of their estate. And many people had an estate tax that was due that the family would have. And people would take out a life insurance policy after, that would pay out after the second spouse passed away to mm -hmm. cover this for the children. And now exemptions are so high that well under 1% of the American public will ever have a federal estate tax. And so these policies, rather than letting them expire or surrender or lapse, uh, yep. potentially can be sold. Yeah, so interesting. Now, is there any reason why you wouldn't want to sell your life insurance policy? Well, um, there are some prerequisites uh, mm. that really are important to be aware of. Um, so there are people that just don't qualify. So again, you only want to think about potentially selling your life insurance policy if you no longer want it or need it. Mm. Um, and so you know, the prerequisites are that people really need to be 65 years or older and facing a life-shortening condition, which basically means their health isn't as good when they as when they first took out the policy. Um, generally, it's for people that have 15 years or less of life expectancy. Um, they're for policies that have a net death benefit of $250,000 or more. Um, it's important to keep in mind that the policy could be an individual, a trust, a corporation. Mm -hmm. And uh, what a lot of people don't realize is the policies don't have to be permanent policies. Um, they could be convertible term uh, policies. Hmm. Yeah. What, are, what are those convertible term? So term policies are like renting a policy. So usually for a term of time of maybe 10, 20 years. Okay. Yep. And if you uh, are before that 20 year time period, as using that as an example, um, you can potentially convert that to a permanent policy, a policy that you own. Okay. Okay. So now if you sell your policy, then what happens when you do pass? How are the expenses being taken care of then? Yeah. Well, you know, while life settlements, which is really the term for selling your policy, okay. Um, can be quite profitable profitable for those that sell their policy. It's important to be in the know of the pros and cons. And we'll talk a little bit about how a life settlement works. Yes. But some of the key factors uh, to be aware of is once you have transferred ownership of the policy um, to a company or investors that are purchasing these policies, your beneficiaries will no longer have a death benefit to collect upon your death. Okay. It's also important to be aware that Uncle Sam's going to get their portion of the sale through taxes. Mm -hmm. And life settlements have pretty high transaction costs. Um, the industry average is about 30%. Mm. Um, but keep in mind that most people, uh, you know, 90% of these policies, as you mentioned in the intro, are lapsed or surrendered, and people are walking away with either nothing or a small amount of cash value. Yeah. And I always like to say that 70% of something is better than 100% of nothing. Yep. I totally agree. 
So, and by the way, I love, because I was going through your book, it's so easy to read. It's so easy to understand, especially for someone that knows nothing about life insurance. I've highlighted so much in here. And I love that you have stories too of people that have sold their policies and have done something with it, like the lady with the birds or <laughs> she, yeah. she took her family on a vacation and, and, you know, again, like celebrating life while you're still alive. Yeah. You know, that's what we did. I did throughout this short book is um, educating people who are considering selling their policies. Uh, it's really also meant for CPAs and estate planning attorneys and people in life insurance professionals. Um, you know, 40% of financial planners and their own admission admit that they don't know anything about life settlements. Yeah. And when people are going to their estate planning attorney and CPAs and saying, hey, I no longer need this policy, most of their professionals who only have good intentions are often saying, well, if you don't need it, just surrender it. Right. And we're here to share with you that there's a fourth option. Um, and, you know, speaking of, do you remember the, the story in the book, Wendy, about the couple, Larry and Liz, who uh, lived on the Oregon coast and they had a whale watching company? Yes. Yes. Might be, uh, you know, uh, stories tell, uh, say a lot. And uh, would it be okay to share a quick story about that? Oh, gosh, yes. I love stories. Oh, God, <laughs> of course you do. Your life is one great story. I know. It's awesome. <laughs> so, so, you know, they were visionaries. Uh, they started a whale watching tour company in 1968 on the beautiful Oregon coast, a few hours from where I live. And sadly, Liz died unexpectedly of health wow. complications in 2012. Mm. And as you can imagine, Larry's spirit diminished, his visions of retirement became permanently altered, and his heart really wasn't in the business anymore. And he ended up selling his company to a previous employee and got a lot less than he had originally hoped for. Mm. Now Larry's 88, um, and he had purchased years ago. Uh, two life insurance policies to help offset the inevitable estate tax that mm. he was gonna, his kids were going to have to pay after he and Liz both died. And estate planning was important to them. They wanted to make sure that Uncle Sam didn't become their number one beneficiary. Yep. If you go back to, say, 2001, the personal federal estate exemption was 675,000. And this meant that when someone died and the value of their state was calculated, any amount above that figure was subject to federal estate tax. Wow. Wow. And to make matters worse, Oregon is one of a few handful of states that has a death tax as well. Mm -hmm. So now you jump ahead to 2023 and the federal uh, tax exemption has increased to almost $13 million per spouse. Wow. Which is why way less than 1% of the American public will have a federal estate tax. Yeah. So Larry spoke to his financial advisor in Newport, Oregon. He had, when he added up his policies together, there was a death benefit of 1.6 million. And he said, I don't need these. I don't want these. My, imp my premiums have increased to over $100,000 a year. And that's having a negative impact on my retirement. So the advisor recommended that he visit with us. 
Mm-hmm. We shared with him the four options that he had, and I'd love to eventually share the options that people have because mm-hmm. life settlements is certainly not the only option. Yeah. And we put these out to bid um, and we were able to procure after multiple uh, bids, $975,000 for Larry. And this was- Go Larry. I know. It was $842,000 more than his cash surrender value of $133,000. And he not only did he collect this money, and yes, he had to pay tax on it, and yes, he had the transactional cost, um, but he no longer has to pay those $100,000 a year of annual premiums. And although this is not bringing Liz back, um, it is completely giving him peace of mind right now with his finances. Yeah, exactly. And and taking care of that stuff before you pass and the, instead of, you know, everybody else in your family having to take care of it, right? And paying the taxes and everything else that they might need to do. So how does it actually work in selling your policy? Yeah. Um, or settling so, or whatever the word is. Yeah, the life settlements. <laughs> life I don't know settlement. Why, yeah, life I don't know how they came up with this term. But what it basically is, Um, In a nutshell, it's the sale of an existing life insurance policy, often to an institutional investor. Hmm. And Wendy, these investors can include pension funds, hedge funds, and even banks. Hmm. And the policy is put up for sale for more than the cash surrender value. In Larry's case, that was $133,000. So it has to be for sale for more than that to make it worth his while. Mm -hmm. But for the investor's while, it has to be for sale for less than the cash surrender value or less than the face amount or the debt, okay. value, which Got is 1.6 million. And mm-hmm. the policy owner, uh, Larry, sells this in exchange for that lump sum cash payment, in his case, 975,000. And once the policy sold, these institutional investors or the buyers become the owner of the policy. And it's now their responsibility to make all the premium payments moving forward. But in return, they're eventually going to receive the death benefit upon, in this case, Larry's death. Hmm. Interesting. And, uh, and they they buy thousands of different policies at one time to diversify their holdings and almost form like a mutual fund of insurance policies. Hmm. Wow. And it's really important to keep in mind that to assure client confidentiality, the purchase policies are held in large blind pools with many other policies. I was just about to ask you that because some people would be like, well, I don't want someone to know about me personally. And so they don't really know about all of that. They just look at it as like a piece of paper that is worth X amount. Yeah. I mean, it's a little Mm -hmm. strange to think about, but the reality is, is that for people that no longer need or want their policies, they learn about this fourth option, and I'd love to share the other three options with you. Yes. Um, they are walking away with some significant cash. Their name and the policy goes into a blind trust. But the purchasers of these thousands of pooled policies are hoping that the policy, um, the people that had the life insurance on their names, mm-hmm. pass away because then they're going to collect that larger death benefit sooner than later and not have to pay all these premiums each year. Mm-hmm. So can you sell, this might be a silly question, can you sell a portion of it or do some people like sell that, but then they take out a smaller one just to take care of maybe, you know, the burial expenses or something like that? 
That's a great question. You know, in the book, mm-hmm. I share a story because everyone has their own unique experience. And there was a gentleman who wasn't able due to all the moving parts of bankruptcy and his health went down, a divorce. He was no longer able to afford making his policy premiums. Mm-hmm. He was going to walk away with nothing. Mm. And based on his current health and his life expectancy and all the other prerequisites, he was a perfect candidate for a life settlement. We put this out to bid. Uh, we, we have an auction process and we, we go out for multiple bids so that we're working, representing the policy owner, trying to get the highest price possible for them. Mm-hmm. And we got a price. What we determined is that this client, he had a million dollar policy, but there really was a need for 250,000 of it. Mm. So we sold it for significant money. We sold $750,000 of the face amount and retained Mm. $250,000. And the money that he got for selling the three quarters of the face amount, not only paid for all the premium payments moving forward for the remaining 250,000, but really made, uh, gave him financial peace of mind for his remaining years. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's what it's all about just to have that peace of mind and to, and to be able to go and do whatever you want to do for the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, last you and I talk about, and I often write about, you know, what is important about money to you. And, Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day, you know, for most people, when you start peeling off the layers, of the onion, it's for security, it's for peace of mind. And mm-hmm. for people like the two of us, it's about freedom. Uh, it's about you're right. in your beautiful motor home right now, traveling yeah. and, and going back to Portugal. And um, yep. I'm not saying that money will bring you happiness all the time by any yep. means, but it's giving you freedom to do the things that you choose to do, which then bring you happiness, Wendy. Yep. Exactly. And going back to what I was saying earlier about kind of stopping and asking yourself like, okay, what does this mean to me? What does success mean to me? What does financial freedom mean to me? Because sometimes like we, we adopt what society thinks or what our family thinks, what culture thinks, and then we'll stop and go, wait a minute, is that what I think though? Like, what do I want money for? And, and I mean, you come into this world with nothing, you'll leave with nothing, right? And plus I too, you know, I also think about when, when you do pass, what is being left behind for others? How much do they really need? I mean, sometimes I, I like, there's this mindset of, oh, I just, I have to, like, you're supposed to leave a ton behind for your children or for, uh, aunts, uncles, whatever. I don't know, but do you like, I mean, how, and then to maybe even think about that a little bit, yeah. you know, and, and like, I think about like the beneficiaries of mine or my kids, like how much do y'all need? Y'all are going to be making money. You're making money now. <laughs> how much do you need? Like, I just want y'all to do a really nice celebration for me when I go. <laughs> Did I hear a y'all in there? I like uh, There's that. a y'all in there that comes from Texas. I, I refuse to drop it. Oh, once a Texan, always a Texan. But, you know, it's an important question that we ask our clients and there's no right answer. Uh, Everyone has different ideas. We have, I'd say half of our clients will say, you know, we have children and grandchildren. Life Mm -hmm. is different these days. When I went to college, it cost $3,000. Now it's $45,000 a year. We really want to set aside and make sure in our financial plan through either life insurance or setting aside part of our estate that there's X amount of dollars. Yes. 
The other half of our clients, rightfully so, also say, you know what? We put our kids through college. We paid for our daughter's weddings. They are so successful in their own yeah. right. Yep. Um, we want to bounce our last paycheck. Yes. And who could argue with them? So there's really no right or wrong, but it's about creating a plan that's focused on the needs and wants of that particular person or couple. Yep. You're exactly right. There's there's no right or wrong answer. It's whatever is right for you. And actually, like my parents, my parents have been full-time RVers for 27 years. My dad retired from the FBI, very successful. And and we had this discussion not too long ago. And I am so proud of them for the fact that they're like, you'll be fine. I was like, oh, I'll be fine. Like they trust that I'll be fine there. And I was like, please spend every last penny. I was like, I will take care of the rest, you know, but that's what works for us, right? That's what works for my parents. That's what works for me. So it's going to be something different for everyone. But I think it's just important to think about it. Yeah. And very rarely, like, again, like, we'll just take out a life insurance policy because that's what you're supposed to do. But do we ever question how much is really needed to be left behind and how yeah. much could be used during this lifetime? It's different for, for every couple. You know, yeah, I'll share with you an interesting story because most successful retirees, as I mentioned, they know their net worth, but they come from fear because they don't know if they go on that River Rhine cruise or they yes. purchase that new RV, will that have a negative impact on their standard of living down the road? Right. And so that's where the peace of mind of having a true financial plan for the distribution of wealth comes in. We recently did a, a financial plan for a successful couple, and they had no idea whether they were going to be able to, to live the retirement that they had in their mind's eye. And using very conservative growth rates and projections, we showed that not only could they do everything that they want, but there was a there was about a half a million dollars that there was like little to zero to no chance that they would ever spend. Mm. And so we took, we suggested, we shared with them an option and we took $250,000 that they were never going to spend and just pass on to their kids and put that into a second to die life insurance policy in a lump sum which is guaranteeing that when the second spouse died, it was going to pay out several millions of dollars to their children, wow. both tax-free and income tax-free. So that's the power. One of the powers of life insurance is that you're spending pennies now basically to get dollars later. Yeah. There's so many creative things to do, right? I mean, that's where you come in. <laughs> Yeah. Not me. <laughs> like, don't rely on me. So you but, were going to share, there was like three other, three other ways. I can't remember what you were talking about. Yeah. Most people believe that they have only three options when they are holding on to a life insurance policy that they no longer want or need. And mm -hmm. they include one is just hold on to the policy. And very often that's viable and continue paying the increased premiums. Mm -hmm. um, the other is if you can take, let's say, a million-dollar policy and decrease the death benefit to 500000 mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden your premiums are cut in half to mm -hmm. make it affordable. That's a very viable option for a lot of people. Yep. The most popular one that people are being guided towards is just let the policy lapse, surrender it, and receive any potential cash value. 
Mm-hmm. But what we're talking about today is this fourth option that most people aren't aware of, and it could potentially benefit you much more. Interestingly enough, it's a strategy that most insurance companies don't want you to know about. Of course. <laughs> they would rather you lapse it after you've made all these premium payments for all these years. They were collecting this free money. You lapse the policy and they don't have to pay anything out. They're like yeah. high-fiving each other. Yeah, to be a part of that 90% instead of the 10%. Right. But now yep. what 100% of us listening to this show now is just like your home, your car, your boat, your RV, Wendy, yep. um, your retirement portfolio, or even your any real estate investments you have, those are all considered capital assets. Yeah. And most people don't realize that your life insurance policy is also considered a capital asset. And it's an asset that potentially could have significant value. Yeah, so fascinating. So how does somebody go about settling on their life insurance? Yeah, so there are a number of professionals around the country that do this. Mm -hmm. Um, We certainly do it. We work in all 50 states. The important thing to do is, I don't consider ourselves in the life settlement business I consider us in the problem-solving business. So when people have a policy that's no longer wanted or needed, let's dissect the policy. Let's open up the hood and determine what are actually your needs and concerns and look at all four options. Mm -hmm. And some of the time, um, you know, it'll be option one, two, three, or four. And really Mm -hmm. share the options so people are informed because information and knowledge um, is power. What makes our firm a little different uh, is we're the only firm that voluntarily treats life settlements as a security, which means we voluntarily scrutinize the entire process much more. And we go back to multiple auctions, like multiple Mm. bidding auctions. So when we first get the highest bid, we throw that back out at everyone that bid and said, this was the highest bid. And all of a sudden comes higher bids. And right. we I share in the story how, you know, there's been a case where we did it seven times and ultimately got three times more for the client than the wow. initial round. So uh, very so, important. So obviously then people don't go to their life insurance company and go, hey, I want to do a settlement. No, the no. life insurance companies <laughs> are, uh, life insurance, uh, you know, I share how the Supreme Court uh, years ago, there was a story in there and um, and how they said selling life insurance policies is completely legit. So it's mm-hmm. a very legit uh, line of work, um, but it's very regulated and it needs to be regulated. Um, yes. So uh, we became the, the first Oregonians licensed in our state to offer life settlements. And we just have a unique way of going about it. But there's uh, different groups and organizations around the country that also offer life settlements. Yeah, I think I was reading in your book, was it 1911? (laughs) Am I I remembering that correctly as when, um, who was in that picture? I'm trying to find it. Yeah, Supreme Court Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes. And uh, the one with the very, very impressive mustache. Yes, that's what I remember. And by the way, I went to Oliver Oliver Wendell Holmes High School in San Antonio. No kidding. Yeah. How's that for useless trivia? I know, exact, very useless. 
You know, Wendy, um, I, I, I never shared with you, though, uh, even though I've spent my life uh, in the northern tier of the United States, uh, I was born in Carswell Air Force Base in Fort Worth, Texas, and spent the first wow. month of my life there. Oh, my gosh. That is so wild. And, of course, I did live there as well. Uh-huh. Aha. Well, Dallas area. And then my brother lived in Granbury, which is west of Fort Worth. I know. So many cool cool synchronicities here. And yeah. uh, speaking of cool words, your favorite word and also mine is serendipity. Yeah, it sure is. Um, serendipity. I write about that word. It's yep. just unexpected good happenings. And I yes. think that you have to open yourself up to that. I don't think yep. it just happens. I think you got to put out that energy, that vibe um, for, for things to happen. Um, I recently got back from spending some time in Sicily and I'd oh. never been to, to that part of Italy. Hadn't been to Italy since I was in college and oh, did we fall in love with it. And um, just the things that opened up and happened to us unexpectedly. And, and yeah. I really looked back at that and said, we were putting out the the energy, the vibe to open ourselves up um, for those great things. And in, in my books, I write about how, how serendipity has, has guided me and yeah. about living a life by design rather than by default. And yes. you know, one, of the, one of the examples I shared was being in Berlin serendipitously on November 13th, 1989, the day that the Berlin Wall came. Wow, that is so wild. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? Yeah. It again, kind of, well, and tying this back into whole life insurance settlement, um, it is about opening your, your mind and your heart and your soul to receive so much more in life while you are alive. And even just doing a settlement can actually you can go buy that RV you've always wanted, or you can take a trip to Italy, or you can take a, a you know, take your entire family, whatever, like really, really live life fully. And I think it's just, yeah, opening up to all those possibilities. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And it's really important for people that may no longer want or need their policies to realize that life settlements are only for people where their policies no longer have a purpose for them. They're yes. getting ready to walk away from them. And then instead of diving in for headfirst into life settlements, really work with someone that could share with you the pros and cons to all four options. Yeah. Um, because a lot of people don't fall into the prerequisites to qualify for a life settlement, even though right. they'd like one. Yeah. And so getting that information so you can make an informed decision is really the most important. Yeah. And I was reading and I think it's the last chapter. It talks about that, um, about, you know, how to go about finding out if you can even do that. And the conclusion, yeah, is a life insurance settlement for you? Um, oh, what's this quote here? Today is your day. Your mountain is waiting. So get on your way, Dr. Seuss. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So where can we find you and how can we get this awesome book? Well, I have one already, but where can everybody else get a book? Well. They can get a book, you know, we, they're, they're at Amazon, they're at Barnes and Noble. Um, I am so appreciative being back on your show again. If anyone would like a copy of In the Know, Turning Your Unneeded Life Insurance Policy into Serious Cash, 
I would be delighted to send you a copy. And that is my gift to you and to your listeners. And um, I can be reached um, at, it's Roselle Wealth Management. It's R-O-S-E-L-L and wealth management is spelled out. Um, And you can reach me at David at RoselleWealthManagement.com. And if you have any questions, feel free to just pick up the phone. Um, I will return your phone call. I'm at 541-385-8831. Aren't you the coolest? Oh, you're pretty darn cool as well, Wendy. (laughs) You're working out of your RV. I'm in my office for crying out loud. It's just, it's my office too. It's just on wheels. You're a cool (laughs) cat and you got your, uh, your dog Daisy there as well. Yeah. She's sleeping now. She's next to me. She's like, she finished her bone. She's like, okay, now I need a nap. I mean, she's got a rough life. You guys. Well, the nice thing is, is when you look out your window right now, you're seeing the grand Tetons at, uh, which are just breathtaking. And I'm looking out at the cascades of Oregon and see broken top and Mount bachelor and the three sisters we're both in uh, in beautiful places again by design rather than by default. Yes, I love that. I'm going to use that by design, life by design. Speaking of books, um, and I know how hard it is to write a book because I just finished my proposal bump this morning. Wow! Um, and it'll be sent to publishers in the next week or two. So send me some good serendipitous vibes. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, everyone has a book inside of them. I truly believe that, but it's one of the hardest things to dedicate the time and energy and bring the right people around you so that uh, you put together a book that's enjoyable and people want to read and you will definitely achieve that. And I look forward to reading it. Yes, it's called, I think it's going to be called um, From Midlife Crisis to Midlife Awakening. Oh, I like that. That'll pertain to a... A lot of people. Yeah. Seven steps to reinvent your life. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still reinvent. I've I've reinvented my life several times. So I'm kind of a pro at it. Well, (laughs) I always say I've been failing my way to success. That's awesome. Yeah. We don't really learn. We don't really learn when things are just going great. We really learn about ourselves and about life when we're facing challenging times and we've all had challenging times. And it's those challenging times that make the good times that much better. I think. I totally agree. Yes. Story of my life. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much. And everyone, I'll put everything in the show notes, phone number, email, all that good stuff. uh, So you can get a copy of in the know. Yes. Thank you, David. Thank you, Wendy. And now for the nuggets of midlife wisdom from today's show. Number one, you only want to think about potentially selling your life insurance policy if you no longer want it or need it. Number two, the policy does not have to be a permanent policy. They can be a convertible term policy. Number three, 90% of these policies are lapsed or surrendered and people are either walking away with nothing or a small amount of cash value. 70% of something is better than 100% of nothing. I agree. Number four, a life settlement is the sale of an existing life insurance policy, often to an institutional investor, which can include pension funds, hedge funds, and even banks. 
Number five, once the policy is sold, these institutional buyers become the owners of the policy, and it's now their responsibility to make all the premium payments moving forward. But in return, they will eventually receive the death benefit. Number six, most people believe they only have three options when they are holding on to a life insurance policy they no longer want or need. Number one, holding on to the policy and keep paying the premiums. Number two, decrease the death benefit and therefore decrease your premium. Number three, let the policy lapse, surrender it, and receive any potential cash value. And of course, the fourth option is life insurance settlement. And finally, number seven, live a life by design rather than by default. Mm -mm -mm. I love that last nugget of wisdom. Live a life by design rather than by default. I'm totally using that. (laughs) Thank you so much, David. You were great as always. Check out David at davidrosell.com. And as a listener of the Midlife Makeover Show, you can get a free copy of In the Know, Turning Your Unneeded Life Insurance Policy into Serious Cash. Just email David at david at rosellwealthmanagement.com to request your free copy and tell him you were sent by Wendy. Also, if you have any questions, give David a call at 541-385-8831. I will leave all of his contact info in the show notes as well. Thank you for listening, everyone. Enjoy your Independence Day, and I will chat with you on Thursday from Glacier. S'more to come. (laughs) Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change, or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, You can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.